I sometimes read uh, public domain books here on Leaves of Glen. And they were written a long time ago, uh, so they're usually uh, racist or sexist or bigoted. Uh, but in there somewhere and all that is a, a story, and that's why those stories are famous. Other times, I read uh, works from independent authors, and they're delightfully not racist, but they might have adult language or adult situations. So that's your warning, uh, but I'm sure you uh, are grown up enough to handle it. Don't write to me complaining. Hello, and welcome to the Leaves of Glen Mansion. It's a fun little bit where I pretend to live in a mansion, not just recording in my basement. It's where I read the hottest public domain books and short stories. Why am I talking like this? All secretive and mysterious and kind of sexy. Because for this week, we're going to read The Castle of Terror by Caroline Farr. Uh, the description of the book? I got nothing. It's a gothic romance book. I actually had to buy an actual paperback because you can't get it on the Kindle. Is this public domain? Probably not. It's from Australia, so I have no idea. And since Australia is very, 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 very far away from Minneapolis, hopefully they'll never catch me. And they won't tell me to take this down. Uh, about the author? Uh, this book is published by Horowitz Productions, uh, in Australia, and they had a gothic library from 1966 to 1977. Uh, most of the titles for this series are written by Caroline Farr, a pseudonym for an Australian writer, Richard Wilkes Hunter. Richard Dix Wilkes Hunter. Uh, though not the first, The Intruder was written by Lee Pattinson, and other writers were known to have used the Caroline Farr house name. I never knew it was called a house name. Uh, Carol Ruhin amongst them. In the 1970s, uh, U.S. publisher Signet uh, and the New American Library issued many Caroline Farr titles, some reprinted from the Horowitz originals. Uh, others original, but still mainly authored by Wilkes Hunter. Other writers in the Horowitz Gothic Library series, apart from Farr, included Jane Gordon, uh, Clara Coleman, Wilma Winthrop, and uh, Fiona Murray. Fun facts? Well, it turns out there's nothing written about uh, Richard Wilkes Hunter, so I had to make it up. Uh, so this week's fun facts, because i got to run out the time before the grandfather clock goes off, tell me shut up, and I'm not going to shorten it. I have to talk and talk until I finally get to the stupid bells. Uh, there's no fun facts, so uh, noted pervert Richard Dick Wilkes Hunter began his life on October 23rd, 1943 in Bottom fancy Australia. That's a real place. I looked it up. I was trying to find a name for an Australian town, and I found bottom fancy. And he was raised in a castle yeah, by his parents, Tristan, Wilkes Hunter, and his beautiful, beautiful white Babette. Obsessed with his mother's hands, his father sent Dick to a Christian Brothers College in Rose Bay, where he learned that the boys' school activities were a lot of fun. And uh, he excelled in the finer arts, where... Most of his works were about his mother's hands and uh, the art of the feminine fingers. Shunned by the other students due to his never shutting up about his mother's hands, the boarding school captain eh, sent him to an abandoned wing of the school where he was fed through a slot in the adjoining door by a single naked foot. A naked foot that one day slid uh, a typewriter through and a ream of paper laboriously through the hole in the door. Oh, it's a big slot. And Dick's first written sentence was that his love of a smooth, smooth foot with ample toe cleavage 
was in direct competition with his love of his mother's hands. From that day on, he never stopped writing. The foot took Dick's uh, work and made copies that distributed around campus. Over time, the other boys learned to accept and respect his fetishes and petitioned the boarding school captain to let him back into the general population. From that day on, uh, Dick continued writing, even saying at one point in an interview with Dick Cavett, uh, if I stop writing, they're going to put me back in that room. Uh, though I miss the foot, I will never go back to that room again. Uh... I didn't waste enough time. Damn it, I have nothing else to say. Uh, I spent my weekend moving girlfriend's crap into my house uh, and uh, just laying around being lazy. Really nothing else to talk about. Uh, uh, Somebody said recently, I'd love to hear about your cats. I'm not going to talk about the cats because it's none of your business, you freak. Uh, The cats, they're just cats. Leave them alone. Uh, There's a lot of them. There's five of them. Five. She had three and I already had two. There's five cats in my house. And they're all seeming to get along pretty well, but my God, the feces are filling up in the kitty litter. The multiple kitty litter bins around the house, and they're filling it up, overflowing with caked urine and little turds. Well, with that, uh, why don't we move on to the story? Well, here we are, nestled in my little library. Uh, Don't have a fireplace in here, so why don't we uh, dip into this book? We're not going to dip our toes in. We're going to go all in. We're going to get wet with Chapter 1 of Castle of Terror by Caroline Farr. The first stage of my flight from Baltimore, Maryland, in Augusta, Maine, had been uh, pleasant. Sue Parker made it that way by taking the seat next to mine for the flight to Newark. Sue and I had been friends at the Gaucher College back home in Baltimore, but uh, we hadn't met since, which meant we had not a lot to catch up on about people we'd known there and each other. Uh, At college, we both wanted to become top models on the New York fashion scene, but Sue and I had made it, and I hadn't. Somewhere along the way, I decided I was more interested in, in country life. That sounds like you're compromising yourself because you're not pretty enough. The way I'd known it when my father was alive. In those days, we bred thoroughbreds at Randwick, the stud farm uh, that had been in the Wentworth family for generations. Randwick, thoroughbreds at one time or another had won every East Coast classic horse race. And I think that that was decided for me was to work for Adam Lester at his famous Greenfield stud farm, not far from the Laurel Racetrack. Oh, my father just died, leaving Randwick a considerable f- uh, fortune uh, to a stepmother. I actually have to turn a physical page, so this is annoying. Uh, who hated me. Oh, her influence was the hand that wrote the will that left me nothing. Uh, uh, in fairness to Sonia, my stepmother, I must admit that her hatred was something I brought down upon myself. Uh, I didn't want my father to marry her after mother died, and uh, being a forthright person, I made no secret of the way I felt. Sonia was uh, 20 years younger than my father. Uh, a beautiful, pfft, spoiled woman who attracted men like Bees, bees, to honey. Not just that she was uh, unfaithful in her selfish way, uh, she was a good wife. My father adored her. 
and just couldn't see anyone else uh, when she was around. Not even his only daughter. Uh, maybe I was jealous. Yeah, yeah, but all that seemed a long time ago as I boarded the plane at Newark Airport for the second stage of my journey on behalf of Greenfield Stud. I've been at Greenfields for two years as a secretary uh-huh, and Girl Friday to Adam Lester, and I had enjoyed every moment of it despite his eccentricities and his offbeat relationship with his wife. I lived in the house with them, burp, and was treated as one of the family. Uh, that meant a lot to me, and I had, uh, uh, I had no place to go after my father died and I was forced to leave college through lack of funds. So here I was, 21 years of age, with no other concern than who, uh, who might sit next to me on the next leg of the flight to Augusta, where I had to meet a potential client who was interested in buying yearlings for the northern racetracks. Uh, the hostess brought someone to the seat next to me, and I pretended to read the magazine I had bought at the terminal. Uh, it was a guy. Four dots, dot, 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 dot. Oh, he said something to the hostess in a low voice. Uh-huh, and then she laughed, and I went back to her place at the entrance. Oh, he settled back in his seat, and I felt him studying me speculatively. Eh, uh, have we met before someplace? No, I said with certainty, not bothering to look up. That old-fashioned opening meant he was over 50 at least, even if his voice seemed much younger. Are you, are you sure... You haven't even looked at me yet, he complained. But I know you have very dark blue eyes to go with that black hair, haven't you? And your name is Megan Wentworth. He had my name from the hostess, I decided, or the passenger list, which made him smarter than some. Yes, I admitted, but so what, I thought. A car would be waiting at Augusta Airport to take me to my destination, so I didn't have to worry about him pursuing me after we touched down. And besides, he was joining the plane at uh, Newark. Uh, and you do work for my uncle Adam Lester at Greenfields, don't you, Megan? That annoying voice persisted. I looked up, startled. Adam Lester uh, did have a nephew in New York, exclamation point, and he had come to Greenfields uh, once since I'd been there during the summer vacation from Columbia University's medical school. Oh, a brown-haired guy in his 20s uh, with a steady gray eyes and the build of a college athlete. I was staring at him in confusion right now. Four dots. I didn't expect to, to meet you on a plane to Augusta Shane, I said hurriedly. I'm sorry. Uh, he, that's four dots and an exclamation point. He chuckled as though suddenly he understood my motive. Oh, you you thought it was some strange trying to pick you up? Oh, I bet that often happens to you when you're traveling around with your uncle uh, the way you have to. Uh, okay, I admitted, red face. Maybe I did. Not that I blame a guy for wanting to know you. Well, he's already creepy. But he said, study me judiciously. Uh, you've changed since I saw you at Greenfields, Megan. I frowned, suddenly curious. Yeah, what do you, what do you mean, changed? Uh, that was not much more than a year ago. A year can make a difference to a girl of 19, he smiled. Uh, in your case, quite a difference. And I frowned. Uh, how? I asked suspiciously. Sophistication, I suppose. Oh, you seemed very young that summer, Megan. Naive. But it suited you then as... This new maturity of yours does now. Uh, for instance, the Megan I last met couldn't have stood me off the way you just did. 
Yeah, I don't bet on it, I said, smiling because he had said some nice things about me. Oh, and we got along well together that summer. Anyway, I'm 21 now. Oh, I'm older, and I've had to mix these sophisticated people, and I suppose that does make a difference. He smiled. Oh, it sure has. And you're only just 21, aren't you? Maybe maybe 21 in five weeks, right? And I laughed. Yeah, <laughs> six weeks, Shane. Uh, if we say I've been sick, uh, how come you remember that? How come? He gave me an oddly searching look and frowned. Because it concerned you, I suppose. I've always liked going to Greenfields, but the last time you were there, and I found it hard to get either you or the place out of my mind when I got back to Columbia. Well, I, uh, I avoided his gray eyes uneasily. They had the trick of looking too deeply into mine, as though he searched for... Is the romance going to happen? Like, we're on page 11. Is this already happening right now? Uh, is the guy going to get a hand job in the bathroom? We're on page 11, for Christ's sake. Can't have the romance hit you this hard right away in the book. I remember that this had embarrassed me uh, the last time we met. Maybe that was why uh, he thought me naive, but I was older now, and I forced myself to stare right back at him. Oh, he looked away. My self-assurance uh, came back, and I laughed. Yeah, yeah well, uh, at least the company is better this trip! Exclamation point. A girl I knew in college uh, had the seat next to mine from Baltimore, New York, and now you appear, and we have something in common to talk about. Greenfields. Uh, and Yasmin, uh, and Uncle Adam, he smiled, and I could see you were as fond of those two old people as I was, despite their faults, and they, uh, felt the same way about you, even Yasmin, who usually can't stand another attractive woman in the house, uh, made an exception in your case. Yasmin always prefers men, provided they meet her three basic requirements of being young, uh, handsome... And, uh, wealthy. I was hoping it said healthy, but no, it's just wealthy. Too predictable. I'd like it was like, it has great teeth. Good, solid teeth with no decay. But you know that, of course. Oh, you're right about the way I feel about them, I admitted. I think your aunt is terrific. And your uncle, I added in the defense. I've never noticed anything odd about either of them. Oh, you don't think it's odd for Uncle Adam to collect the kind of antiques he does? All those medieval racks and the hangman scaffolds and, uh, and, 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 and thumbscrews? And other implements of torture? Uh, don't tell me you don't know about them. I'm the guy who showed them to you for the first time, remember? <laughs> Burp. <laughs> but they're harmless miniatures. That's all, Shane, I protested. They can't hurt anyone. I lowered my voice. They're just rare collector's items from the Middle Ages, and you shouldn't talk about your aunt that way. Uh, she can't help being attractive to men, and I'm sure she'd never do anything, dot, 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 to hurt your uncle. Only three dots. To hurt your uncle. Uh, you make her sound immoral. Amoral would describe Yasmin, Megan, he said. If you haven't noticed, uh, it's because you're grateful and you like her. Uh, so do I, uh, but I can see her false. She collects lovers the way Uncle Adam collects implements of torture. But with uh, a greater enthusiasm? Eh? Uh, but Uncle Adam doesn't seem to mind, provided that they're racehorse owners who buy from Greenfields. Uh, that I can't understand. Most of these guys are playboys, uh, but if I had a wife attractive as Yasmin or as you, he's really got to back off. I wouldn't let other guys like Oliver Grant or Jean Bethel get close or any of the others who hung around Greenfields. 
I, I smiled, pleased, uh, because he had compared me, oh, with Yasmin Lester. Uh, he was only flattering me, of course. Yasmin was the most beautiful woman I'd ever seen. Oh, she had glorious dark red hair, slanty green eyes, like a goat, and she uh, was really built. That's a weird thing to say. Horse breeders must have a thing about marrying beautiful women younger than themselves. My, 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 my father had done that twice, uh, first with my mother, uh, and then with Sonia. Adam Lester, too, had married a woman 20 years younger than himself when he married Yasmin. Oh, Mr. Grant and Mr. Bethel are two of the Greenfield's best client owners. I reminded him indignantly. Uh, Oliver Grant bought a Crichton Silver Beauty filly just last spring for $150,000. Gene Bethel will spend as much with us at the next uh, spring sales. Which is what I told you, Megan, he explained quietly. Uncle Adam doesn't mind Yasmin flirting with uh, either of those guys, uh, no doubt because they're among his best clients. Did you know it was Yasmin uh, who introduced them both uh, to him in the first place? No, that doesn't mean anything. Three dots. Immoral, I think you called it. Does it? Again, his gray eyes probed too deeply into mine, forcing me to look away despite his newfound determination of mine to stare him down. Oh, he chuckled as though pleased uh, that his eyes could still dominate mine. I watched him with angry disapproval as he leaned back and pretended to sleep. Uh, what are you doing on this plane anyway? I demanded, going to Augusta, Megan, uh, and you. He opened one eye, waiting for my answer. Now, I mean, what purpose? Uh, do you know your uncle and aunt are coming to Augusta in a, a couple days' time? He nodded, uh, opened his other eye, and straightened in his seat. Yes, I know. I had a sudden urge to see Greenfields again. I'd been working too hard and needed to relax. I, I called Yasmin eh, and asked if I'd come down for a week, and I found I couldn't, because they'd both been invited to spend a few days with, with some man named Renzi who lives at a place called Storm Haven on Penobscot Bay. Penob, Penobscot Bay. Ah, fuck it. I can't look this up because it's not on a Kindle. Oh, she checked with Renizi and invited me to come too. It sounded okay, so here I am. He studied me, hopefully. I suppose it's uh, too much to expect that you're going down to Stormhaven too, Megan. It's 50 miles from Augusta, and Yasmin said they're driving up from Baltimore. I nodded. Yasmin had a thing about planes, preferring to go by car or travel by sea when she went to Europe. But as far as I could, uh, was concerned, air travel, even in a 1914 biplane, would be safer than driving with Yasmin. <laughs> she drove like a maniac. <laughs> and I came on ahead to get some documents signed for your uncle. Count Renizi is buying horses. Uh, that is why he was at Greenfield's when you phoned Mr. Grant and brought him and recommended Greenfield stock. He looked at me. Did you say Count Renizi, Megan? Count Pietro uh, Renizi. It's an Italian title. But the Renizi family isn't one of those impoverished families of the European nobility that you read about. Uh, he's spending $100,000 with us on Greenfield yearlings, for a starter. Oh, he wants his own track for private training. Uh, stables? Uh, staff? Uh, the works. Oh, he brought the place in a storm haven two years ago, and among other things, he shipped priceless antiques, paintings, and objects d'art from uh, an ancestral home in Italy. 
to his new home in Maine. Apparently, he found the Stormhaven house by accident while visiting friends in Augusta, and it resembles his home in Italy so closely, on a smaller scale, that he uh, bought it at once, just like that. Later, he decided to come here to live. Among other things, he was a famous racing car driver in Europe. Oh, he was studying me covertly, then said slowly, Yeah, yeah, you sound impressed, Megan. A romantic Latin type and all those worldly assets with it. You like Count Renese? I haven't thought much about him except uh, at Greenfield's class. Why? Well, that's you, he smiled, but I'll bet Yasmin has. Yeah, yeah, and I can only remember uh, one titled man in her life, an English lord. Oh, she was to have to be interested in Italian Count. Personally, I had thought Count Renese a creep. But I wasn't going to tell him that. Uh, there seemed something stealthy and frightening about the man. He, he gave me goose pimples when he looked at me. Ah, you're so wrong, Shane, I said, pleased that for once I could defend Yasmin against him with confidence. Uh, she can't stand the guy. Uh, he's old and ugly then? He sounded surprised. Uh, just the opposite. He's in his thirties. Very handsome, I thought. Well, I'll be damned, he said. And she's uh, going to stay at the Renisi house? Yasmin can be devious. I laughed. Yeah, uh, but don't ever give up, Shane. Uh, I tell you, she doesn't like the guy. Confidently, neither do I. But uh, Yasmin can afford to show it where I can't. Uh, and she did when uh, he was at the farm. Um, I don't think she would have come to Stormhaven at all, except that Oliver Grant and Jean Bethel were going to be there, too. Oh, they know Count Renese well, and Count Renese wants all the help and advice they can give him on racing in this country. Uh, your uncle pressured Yasmin into coming along. Count Renese uh, could be big business. The yearlings are just a start. Uh, he frowned. Uh, what, uh, what does Renese think of Yasmin? Does he like her? This guy's really obsessed with Yasmin. It's hard to say uh, with a man like that, except that he thinks she's lovely, of course. Oh, his eyes followed her every movement. But then, yeah, then he's into her. I added, uh, but that's just the way she affects men. You know that, Shane. Oh, he nodded. Are you coming to Stormhaven, Meg? I don't know. Uh, until your uncle arrives, Shane... Uh, he may want other work done back at Greenfield, staying at Stormhaven with an Italian count and his millionaire uh, guess isn't exactly uh, what he pays me for. Now he chuckled. Yeah, yeah, maybe I should tell Uncle Adam he's going to spoil my holiday if he uh, sends you away. Do you still remember how I persuaded him to give you a day off to go to the fair with me when you should have been working? I giggled, <laughs> remembering uh, it was the only date that we had that summer, but we both had a ball. I sobered. Don't you dare, Shane Lester, I said. Your uncle might think I put you up to it. Oh, he knows me too well for that, he chuckled, helping me with my seatbelt. I leaned back contentedly and felt good having him beside me. I mean, he was being attentive, and we had things we shared, too. He was quite handsome, I decided, sneaking in a glance, <laughs> and I liked his smile. I hadn't realized how much I needed someone like him. I, I, I began to hope secretly that Adam Lester did want me to go to Count Renese's mansion on Penobscot Bay. Penob... Scott, whatever. When we were on the uh, airborne, though, I turned our conversation into safer channels. Uh, when we leveled out, I could see the shape of a lovely white cloud floor below the aircraft. You mentioned uh, your uncle's miniature antique collection. Uh, in a way, uh, that was responsible for Count Renese's invitation. Did Yasmin tell you that? 
Ah, uh, you know she is, he smiled. Uh, she didn't even mention my host was an Italian count, just that his name was Renizzi. Uh, what did Uncle Adam, uh, macabre toys, have to do with it? Oh, everything. Oh, your uncle showed his collection to the Count, and uh, would you believe it, the Count uh, has one of his own uh, that he brought from Italy to Penescott Bay. Uh, only his are life-size. You mean they're for real? Ah, so Count Renese says. I shuddered involuntarily remembering. It is uh, positively weird uh, the way he talked about them. Uh, You'd think they'd really torn people apart. Uh... What's uh, weird about that, Megan? He grinned. They probably have. Uh, if he brought them from the ancestral home in Italy and the Renese family goes back to the Middle Ages, uh, torture eh, was fashionable about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you shouldn't joke about things like that, Shane, I protested. Uh, does he have a guillotine with a, with a real blade? I've always wanted to work one of those. Why? He laughed at my expression. Ah, okay, okay, Megan. But is this why you don't want to stay with the Count? After all, I would be around to protect you. I told you it isn't my decision. There's plenty for a secretary to do at Greenfields. Correspondence to be read and, and, and answered. Accounts paid. Eh, fodder ordered. And when your uncle's away, I do these things and act as his liaison. Uh, turn a page, mother of God. Wish I had my Kindle. With the foreman and the staff, your uncle and I keep in touch by phone. Uh, having found you again, Megan, he said quietly, I don't want to lose you. I hope you come to Stormhaven. It'll be uh, much more pleasant there. If you can, uh, from my point of view, and from mine, I decided studying his handsome face and profile. Oh, but that was up to Adam Lester. There seemed an awkwardness growing between us because of what he had said. He we talked of other things, and all too soon it seemed to me our plane was landing at Augusta Airport. The bright sunshine that we had been flying through at altitude on our flight was gone. I was cold. An overcast day in Augusta. Uh, uh, the, the, the roads were still wet with rain, and the pedestrians carried damp, rank, ugh, gross, and umbrellas, and I shivered and turned up the collar of my raincoat as I hurried from the plane to the terminal with, with Shane Lester's hand on my arm. The hotel had sent a cab uh, to meet me, as I instructed, and uh, I made the reservation. While the driver collected my bags, the intercom began to call Shane Lester, and someone behind me said politely, uh, It is Miss Wentworth, isn't it? Count Pietro Renizzi was smiling at me with a darkly handsome man of medium height with, uh, with piercing brown eyes, uh, so dark that they seemed almost uh, black. Uh... He wore Harris tweeds. Hmm, hmm, very good. And a cravat. And even his teeth gleamed white as he smiled. Oh, he could be very charming. And I discovered that at Greenfields, where he had spent a week studying the yearlings Adam Lester and the staff had to show him. Oh, I, oh, I heard Judd Smith, the foreman, say admiringly to Mr. Lester that the, the new client had picked the eyes out of the uh, season's yearling crop. And Judd was right. Uh, Count Petro Renizzi knew... Horses, and I returned his smile. Oh, uh, a good afternoon, uh, Calvinese. There's nothing wrong with your memory. Uh, I hope there's been no change eh, in the arrangements. Not on my part, Miss Wentworth. He smiled. As for my memory, I never forget a horse or a lovely girl. And I'm probably more eager to buy Greenfield thoroughbreds than Adam Lester is to sell them. Uh, you'll find everything going smooth.
smoothly when you call at my attorney's office tomorrow, and you will be brought the papers, registration, pedigree, uh, and bill of sale, eh, question mark? I smiled. Of course, Count Renese. Ah, uh, he chuckled. Yeah, and I discovered what an efficient secretary Adam uh, has during my stay at Greenfields. Adam Lester is lucky, Miss Wentworth. I laughed. Eh, eh. Was that why you called me just now, Count Renese, to flatter me? Oh, I don't suppose it would do any good asking, turn the page, you to come and work for me, uh, if you ever become tired of working for Adam Lester. Oh, I'm very happy where I am. Uh, too bad, exclamation point. If you ever change mine, uh, let me know, and it will be to your advantage. And I promise you, and there was something else. And I invited Adam's nephew to join our house party. But I haven't met him, so I'm here to drive him back to Stormhaven. Uh, but he isn't answering the call, and uh, I don't know him by sight. Uh, his name is uh, uh, Shane Lester. I laughed. Yeah, and that's Shane coming now, the tall young man with the two bags. And a face like a thundercloud? <laughs> what does that mean? He laughed unexpectedly. He's glaring at me like a jealous husband. And that, I decided, as I studied Shane's face, was exactly right. Shane! Uh, this count easy, I explained, hurriedly as he approached. Uh, he's driving you down to Stormhaven. I watched Shane's expression change, but it was still suspicious as his intelligent gray eyes examined the other man, and I wondered if it was uh, Yasmin he was thinking of now. Ugh. I can already tell Yasmin's going to be a major player in this story at some point. Shane said slowly, Oh, that's kind of you, Count Renese. As for your invitation to me was kind, but Yasmin, my aunt, expects me to drive down with her and my uncle uh, when they arrive from Baltimore in a day or two. I'd feel I was imposing on you. Renese held out his hand, smiling. I've been looking forward to meeting you, Shane, and it's no imposition, I assure you. I have few friends on this side of the Atlantic. And a man like me needs friends. Miss Wentworth will tell them what happened when they get here. They won't mind. And I'm sure that you will find time will pass pleasantly at Stormhaven. Shane had frowned and looked at me inquiringly. You not got a Stormhaven, Megan? He asked in a disappointed voice. I told you, Shane, I won't know until Mr. Lester reaches here. It should have been difficult not to notice the disappointment in Shane Lester's voice. Uh, Count Renese glanced at me. Oh, I shall be most disappointed if you don't, Miss Wentworth! Exclamation point. Uh, when the Lesters accepted my invitation, I naturally assumed the acceptance included you. He looked at Shane disarmingly. Uh, you see, Shane, I need all the help and advice I can get from the few American friends I have. If I am to be a successful racehorse owner uh, in this country, breeding, uh, training... Uh, the rules of racing. Almost everything is different in this country, and even the smallest mistake can be costly to a newcomer. That's why I want Miss Wentworth to be one of the guests of my house party. Miss Wentworth, the failed uh, fashionista. Uh, Miss Wentworth is an expert on breeding and racing horses in her own right. Yeah, because she's not pretty enough to do anything else. Uh, did you know that? Shane frowned. I remember Uncle Adam saying something about that. Will you come, hmm, uh, Miss Wentworth? He added quickly. I'm sure Mr. Lester won't mind. Not when I tell him how disappointed I would be if you had to go back to Baltimore. I glanced at Shane, and he was looking at uh, Count uh, Pietro Renese as though for the first time. And he was trying uh, to get to like him. And I smiled. I'd, I'd be delighted under those circumstances. 
Adam Lester wouldn't mind, I was sure, and there were a hundred thousand reasons why he shouldn't. Four dots. Well, that's the end of chapter one, uh, which reminds me of a, uh, of a story. The year uh, was 1978, and a young Stephen Douglas was uh, just out of college and decided that he was going to say, screw you to his parents' money to pay for the school. I'm going to go become a male model. I've got great pecs. Great pecs from years of lifting my mom's heavy glassware. And so he tried to get on the, uh, uh, the, on the what, the modeling floor? What, the runway? I want to say runway. Uh, but everyone said, your legs are crap. You got crap legs. You got the legs of, uh, like, a baby calf. Uh, sure, your upper body's fantastic, but uh, the rest of you is crap. So after that, he decided to just get into the glass business since his mom had dedicated most of his life to building up his upper body and not working out those calves, those legs. Uh, his hooves, his hooves look like shit. So he uh, just wound up getting into the glass business. And ever since then, he's been accelerating in the world of glass, which you can find out for yourself at Doorglass Incorporated. D-O-R-G-L-A-S-S dot com. All oh, they're dedicated to fabricating and professionally installing the highest quality glass products from the nation's top manufacturers. Their inventory, combined with their years of experience, make them the premier source for installation and repair. Oh, they approach every project with the same goals. Professionalism, integrity, and they're discreet. What do they do? Commercial storefronts, automatic entrances, windows, patio doors, mirrors, shower doors, installation repair, and they design and build any goddamn thing you want. But more importantly, they're discreet when you finally, you're having them install a new sliding glass door on your patio and you break down and tell them about your own personal dreams and how your dreams never came true and how you had to settle with a quiet compromise for the rest of your life with uh, with a family that doesn't respect you and uh, you're in the office where no one likes your jokes and uh, and they'll he'll be discreet. He'll listen, he'll nod knowingly, and maybe put one of his huge glass-working hands on your shoulder and say to you, it's gonna be fine. Not everyone is meant to be a male model. And you'd, you'd probably go, what? Uh, the clients are Pottery Barn, William Sonoma, Sherman Williams, Portillo's, the Salt Cave, which is a crappy place in Minneapolis where uh, they have Himalayan salt bricks in all these rooms with their lit from behind, and you're supposed to go in there and somehow feel like, uh, oh, it's it's curing my cancer. Uh, and so they, they let you do stuff like meditate and uh, do yoga and other kind of white people shit, uh, but they don't let you touch the walls. For God's sake, don't touch the walls. It's on their website. Go to their website, the Salt Cave. Don't touch the goddamn walls. Uh, and Applebee's. Well, with that, why don't we take a break from the story? Uh, we just finished chapter one. And before we start chapter two, let's retire up to my master bedroom. Let's get to know each other a little bit. Get on up there and spread yourself out on my silken sheets on my heart-shaped bed while I read to you the latest upcoming romance novels from Penguin Random House Books. Okay, I'm coming. I just had to put on another sweater because it's the end of March and still freaking eight degrees. Oh, what the hell are you wearing? I brought you up here because we're supposed to have a nice romantic evening where I whisper to you the latest upcoming romance novels from Penguin Random House Books, and you're, uh, you're just flat out wearing a wedding dress and, weirdly, a Tommy gun. Uh, it's hard to feel sexy around you when you're immediately giving off signs that you want to get married. What a, oh, you got something on the bed. It's a book. The Four Aunties at a Wedding. Oh, that sounds fun by Jesse Q. Sorrento. 
Ah, it's in paperback. You want to hear more about this book? Sure, why not? The aunties are back, ah, fiercer than ever, and ready to handle any catastrophe, even the mafia. Oh, that explains the Tommy gun. In this delightful and hilarious sequel to Jesse Q. Sorrento's author of Dial A for Aunties. Apparently this author thinks uh, aunties are hilarious. Medi Chan has been to countless weddings, but she never imagined how her own would turn out. Now, the day has arrived. Oh, and she can't wait to marry her college sweetheart, Nathan, uh, having uh, of uh, Ma and the aunts cater to her wedding. Medi wants them to enjoy the day as guests. As a compromise, they find the perfect wedding vendors, a Chinese-Indonesian family-run company just like theirs. Medi... Nah, he's hesitant at first, uh, but hits it off the right way with the wedding photographer, Stephanie, S-T-A-P-H-A-N-I, Stephanie, who reminds Maddie of herself, down to the unfortunately misspelled name. Oh, that explains that. Maddie, oh, Maddie, Maddie, what's misspelled about M-E-D-D-Y? Was this supposed to be M-A-D-D-Y? I don't know. Realize that this is their similarities where they end. However, when she overhears Stephanie talking about uh, taking out a target, horrified, Maddie uh, can't believe Stephanie and her family aren't just like her own. They're, in italics, the family. Actual mafia. And they're using Maddie's wedding as a chance to conduct shady business. Her aunties and mother won't let Maddie's wedding ceremony become a murder scene. Uh... <laughs> over their dead bodies and will do whatever it takes to save her special day, even if it means uh, taking on the mafia. Praise? Uh, Medi Chan and her indomitable aunties are back in this hilarious Four Aunties at a Wedding by Jesse Q. Sorrento. That's by Pop Sugar. Literally just basically said the name of the book. Just saying they're back. Okay, well, that's praise. Uh, well, it's coming out in hardcover March 29th. Uh, you get it from Amazon. Barnes & Noble, Books Million, Bookshop.org, Hudson Booksellers, Indiebound, Powell's Target, and Walmart. Well, with that, uh, you've turned me off. Uh, the wedding dress really threw me off, and uh, the Tommy gun's kind of cool. That could have gotten exciting, but you just had to wear that wedding dress, didn't you? So why don't we go back down to the library and uh, finish reading uh, the next chapter of this book. God, this one's going to go on for a long time. I can tell already. Now, nah, well, here you come, y'all. Settled in, uh, where we read chapter two. I had kicked off my shoes and was wiggling my toes uh, in relief, sitting on my bed in Augusta's uh, Kennebec Hotel when the phone rang and I heard Shane Lester's voice again. Uh, I said, Hi, Shane! Exclamation point, and asked him what, uh, what was new in Stormhaven. Uh, nothing's new. He chuckled. Everything here is as old and it creaks, including Count Renese's favorite haunt, Terror Keep. Terror what? I asked, startled. Terror Keep. It's what Petro's christened the the two basement rooms where he's displaying his collection of medieval torture implements. Uh, uh, The two dungeons used to be punishment cells when his place was a British fort early in the Revolutionary War. Uh, Pietro uh, spends most of his time down there checking out his implements with the help of one of his uh, Italian servants, Luigi, uh, who is an expert uh, in such things. Oh, he works in a museum, and believe it or not, Luigi... hmm, 
has everything working. You mean the torture implements? That's right. I suggested to the Count uh, that he open a a wrecking service for cosmetic purposes. Uh, Instant lengthening for short men. (laughs) Tallness guaranteed. (laughs) Or tall men made taller while you wait. That wasn't clever. Uh, There would be a fortune in it. I giggled. (laughs) What did he say? I didn't seem to think it was funny, uh, but he's not such a bad guy, even if he doesn't have any sense of humor. I'd really, uh, I'd really be having a, a ball if, y- uh, if, uh, if you were here. <sighs> His place is terrific, uh, more like a castle than a private house, and built on the edge of the cliffs looking out over Penescott Bay. Uh, there's an island uh, half a mile out that's part of the Count's property, and we're going to have a, a clam bake <laughs> out there on the beach when everyone arrives. Uh, the old watchman who looks out after the yacht, Count's yacht has lived there all his life and says that there's uh, still plenty of clams uh, and lobsters around the island, and if you know where to look, and he does, uh, have you finished your work in Augusta yet, uh, Megan? I finished about an hour ago, I said. Everything is at the attorney's office is ready for your uncle's signature. When they arrive in the morning, uh, but nothing's changed about my going to Stormhaven. Shane, uh, I don't know what your uncle will want me to do next. I haven't been able to contact him while they've been traveling, and he hasn't, uh, he hasn't, he hasn't, he hasn't phoned me at the hotel. Uh, good. Then I have some news for you, Megan, he said happily. Uh, like you are coming to Stormhaven. And you can come down tonight if you really want to. And you do, don't you, Megan? Well, now, wait a second. Shane, I said. I've been too busy to think, in all italics, about going to Stormhaven. And I'd uh, have to be sure it was okay with your uncle. Have you, have you spoken to him? On the phone, he said triumphantly, about half an hour ago. And they're both okay, but Yasmin got into a skid and clobbered a couple of posts in a, in a guardrail near Lisbon Falls. Oh, she damaged Carr's front end, and and they don't expect to make it to Augusta now until tomorrow evening. Uncle Adam wants you to explain this to the attorney. Uh, So uh, all you have to do is make the phone call, and you can start for Stormhaven. Uh, Okay. Ah, I can phone the attorney tonight, sure, I said suspiciously, and naturally I'll do that right away. But as for coming to uh, Stormhaven in the morning, four dots. Not in the morning, Megan, he said firmly, and then in italics. Tonight! Uh, tonight, then. Look, I, I haven't a clue how to get to Stormhaven, and you haven't mentioned if your uncle agrees. Naturally, I asked him, Megan, and he said he he said uh, he didn't just get around to telling you, but he's quite happy to have you come and enjoy yourself. I'm just the guy to help you do that, Megan, if you'll let me. Oh, God. I giggled involuntarily at the eagerness in Shane Lister's voice. I'll bet, I thought, imagining aloud, as I said suspiciously, that's all you said to your uncle about me? Well, I did ask him why you should wait in Augusta until they've arrived uh, a day later than you've expected, and then you could be at Stormhaven tonight in time for dinner with me. What did he say? I asked anxiously. Yeah, he agreed. It, it didn't make sense. And if you'd finished your work at Augusta, he told him it's no problem. And, you, and you'd finish it by tonight. And you did. You were guessing, I said, annoyed. An educated guess, he agreed complacently. Oh, anyhow, it's impossible for me to reach Stormhaven tonight, I muttered, secretly disappointed. Nothing's impossible, he protested. Not to an efficient secretary. How long will it take for you to pack your bags and be ready? Uh, half an hour. I keep my bags packed, but who keeps their bags packed all the time? But, four dots, 
Ah, you can make it with half an hour to spare, he said happily. Uh, Call the desk and order a cab and take you to the airport. Oh, and there's a plane from Rockland Airport leaving Augusta in just over an hour and a half from now, and I've made your reservation. Oh, I'll pick you up in Count Renese's Ferrari. Oh, nice. At the Rockland Airport. And have you back here in plenty of time for dinner. Uh, see you there. Hey, wait, I gasped. I didn't say I'm going to do all that. His voice came back true. You haven't, he said thoughtfully. But you would rather be having fun here than waiting around in Augusta, wouldn't you? Well, three dots this time. Yeah, of course, but three dots with an exclamation point. Then it's settled, so stop wasting precious time, he said as though annoyed. I want to see you at the sunset across the Stormhaven on the way home. And Petro's chef, Dominique, is temperamental. He throws tantrums if anyone's late for one of his superb, hmm, hmm, mouth-watering dinners, so please hurry. Shane, I began to protest, but he was putting the phone down. I sighed. Shane Lester could be awfully exasperating, but I liked him despite that, and now I found myself committed. The idea of joining him at Stormhaven became more than more attractive, and I found myself hurrying, even though I was taking care with the clothes I chose to wear and my makeup. Oh, I began to remember that I hadn't had a holiday since I found myself so unexpectedly uh, go to work, and that was at the Falls of the Lesters. Several times since I had been at uh, Greenfields, I'd wanted to... To, to take a vacation, but I hadn't really wanted to at the time. Oh, but there was something different about this holiday. It was being thrust upon me by Shane Lester. For relaxation, oh, there would be the sea instead of green fields. Boats, uh, instead of horses, uh, until the yearlings arrived, there would be uh, beach clam bakes, hmm, and a house that looked like an Italian castle instead of the stately colonial Maryland homes I'd known. Everything would be wonderfully different, or so it seemed to me as I closed the door of my hotel room behind me, and the bellhop took my bags down to the desk. Everything went smoothly. The cab arrived on time. Hmm. The plane reservation had been made. Hmm. The flight was ooh, smooth, and we arrived at Rockland Airport right on time. And Shane was waiting, smiling broadly and triumphantly as I walked from the plane to the small terminal. Oh, Oh, he was so happy to see me that for a moment I thought, I, I thought, I, uh, I thought he was going to kiss me. I discovered that the realization thrilled me in ways I ooh, haven't expected. But the moment passed. Uh, out in the parking lot, Count Renese's red Ferrari looked like a thoroughbred. Yeah, among the other vehicles, the other, the other crap vehicles. The Ferrari ooh, growled disdainfully as if it's got agency. And soon we were driving through the busy town center with people turning their heads and looking at us as we drove past. Well, because you're in a car that growls. Makes you feel important the way people stare at you down here. Happens every time I drive through town. Shane glanced at me, grinning. He looked longer than he should, uh, appreciatively. Oh, you'll find it the same, I'll bet. But I don't blame them in your case. You look terrific this evening, Megan. Thanks, I said. But don't tell, uh, don't let all that attention go to your head, Shane. Oh, why not? He asked, his gray eyes twinkling. Do you deny that we make a handsome couple? Yeah, yeah. Because it's the Ferrari they're looking at, not you or me. Oh, they see the Ferrari almost every day, he protested. The Count comes here often and drives himself. Wait, wait till you ride with him, Megan. It's like being airborne in a fighter plane. Oh, you'll be scared. But you'll like it. It's unreal. 
I laugh. <laughs> yeah, have you driven with your aunt lately? After that, nothing would scare me. Well, maybe you won't be scared. It's different from driving with Yasmin, though uh, the Count's racing experience helps. Really? I heard Count Renese telling Yasmin about race cars at the Greenfields, and, and he had worked very hard at impressing Yasmin, but she seemed barely polite to him. I mean, in comparison to the way she acted around some of the other owners, like Oliver Grant uh, and Jean Bethel, I added. But do you think I'd be invited to ride with him in this? And I'll bet even more people would stare at a real-life count at the wheel. He glanced at me as though something had just occurred to him. Something unpleasant. I hadn't meant it that way, but he had taken me seriously. On second thought, you would keep from this car when Pietro's driving. Megan, the guy's a Casanova, and I mean that. I wouldn't trust him around a girl as attractive as you. I should have been annoyed with him, uh, but unexpectedly, I wasn't. Nah, I can't imagine his being interested in me, I murmured. I told you he doesn't appeal to me. You and Gasmin don't like him either. But you watch Yasmin change when she gets to Stormhaven. The guy's an expert. <laughs> there are a lot of Italian families in Stormhaven. It's really a fishing village, and there are some pretty girls there. You should hear the body stories they tell about Count, P Count Pedro in the village. And some of these fishermen are tough. If any other outsider moved in and did the things Count Pedro is, uh, is reputed to have done, oh, they'd feed him to the sharks on the bay uh, one dark night. But not Count Pietro Renizzi. They just laugh and shrug as he's been some kind of divine right over village women. I laughed. Yeah, I thought uh, you liked the guy. You said you were having a ball at Stormhaven. He frowned. I do, and I am, Megan, but... Four dots. But what? I probed, curious. If he hurt someone I liked, someone like you, I think I'd want to kill the guy, he muttered. I wouldn't be able to restrain myself. I just realized that when you talked about riding with him in, the, in, his, in this red lovin' limousine, as some of them call it down the village. That's what they call it? The red lovin' limousine? That's the best they could come up with. You have an entire village, and that's the most clever thing. Uh, right. He said it was so savagely he frightened me, and not used to jealous men saying things like that, violent things. I changed the subject hurriedly. Well, nothing like that will happen. Uh, so let's not talk about Didn't you say something about a, a colossal sunset? Uh, tell me about it, Shane. The town was dropping behind now. Ahead, the road was wound over rolling countryside toward a distant sea. But, but, uh, blueberry leaves colored by late fall into the paint box brightness, carpeted neglected fields around a deserted clapboard farmhouse. He had been driving too fast, and he slowed and glanced at the western sky. Yeah, uh, see those uh, thin wind clouds high up over there? A sort of fishbone pattern? Well, they'll glow and come alive, and you never see anything like it. And in Maryland, girl, uh, burning yellows and reds and every other curler in between. And over the other way, the, those thicker clouds will turn violet uh, and mauve hmm, uh, and blue. Sold to the lady on your left, I laughed. <laughs> but I want you to see it just the right way, the way I did by accident last night, with the sky just like this one. I want to drive up to the hill in the lighthouse just the right moment, and there it is. Understand what I mean, eh, Megan? Won't that need pretty accurate uh, timing, Shane? Uh, just leave that to me. I got it all worked out. But first, uh, will you promise me something? Does it concern the sunset? Uh, instinct made me wary suddenly. He frowned. Uh, no. Uh, to give you an answer, I need to know the question. 
Uh, what is it, Shane? I asked gently, studying him in profile. I meant what I said about Count Pietro, he muttered. Uh, the way he is, he can't be trusted around attractive women. And I know you have a lot of common sense, Megan, and you said you're not impressed by Renizi. But girls can get involved uh, insidiously with this guy. I, three dots, don't want you hurt or embarrassed. I was going to ask you to promise not to get involved uh, to avoid being alone with him. But, four dots, I waited a little while, then asked coldly, What are you saying? Uh, but I know what you'll say, that I haven't any right to ask you that. His glance held an appeal he knew wasn't going to be granted. And I knew uh, I would have to say that, Shane, and I told him slowly, you don't have any right to ask. I choose my own companions. I like to do my own thing in my own way. I've made my own decisions for quite a while, and I have to say no, Shane, even though I might appreciate your motive. That's what I thought, he interrupted. There was a bitterness in his voice I hadn't heard before. Shane, uh, what's your reason for this? I would have thought you'd worry about Yasmin, uh, but not me. He scowled at the road ahead. We're friends, aren't we? And you're relatively inexperienced. No matter how you boast about making your own decisions, uh, how would you know uh, what to do about a sophisticated man like Petro? You know, Yasmin, you're young and impressionable, and you may know a lot about horses, but you don't know men, Megan. I wanted to laugh, uh, but laughter would hurt him. He was so deadly serious about this thing that it was bugging him for no reason that I could understand. Uh, even very young girls have little built-in warning device that starts to tick at the moment some uh, little boy stares at them. And I told him lightly, uh, and girls do have mothers, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about facts life, Megan, he muttered. I'm talking about a guy who's so smooth around women it's unbelievable. Oh my God, is this going to be the entire chapter? You want to protect me, Shane? Is that it? He glanced at me. Yes. I have no intention of getting involved with anyone at Stormhaven, least of all our host. So I guess I can promise that I won't allow myself to become involved with Petro or driving alone with him. Does that make you feel better? He glanced at me, startled. The big sports car swerved and then straightened again on the empty secondary road. I believe you mean that, he said quickly. I always mean anything I promise, Shane, I told him stiffly, like I always keep any promise I make. No, I'm sorry. Uh, you would, of course. What made you uh, change your mind and, and, and promise? You did, I admitted. I reached out impulsively and touched the back of his hand on the wheel. In an odd sort of way, you're a darling, Shane. And I happen to like you. Four dots. He showed signs of stopping the car. So I added hastily, as a friend, of course. Oh, he laughed with a pleased sound, and the Ferrari picked up speed again and glanced at his watch. Uh, and your darling, uh, you, you did promise you a sunset from the Wolf Point Lighthouse, didn't he? So we're going to have to hurry. When we cross the bridge ahead, you'll see Stormhaven and Penescott Bay, and the village is at the head of Stormhaven and Inlet. Uh, Wolf Point and the lighthouse are across Stormhaven and on the peninsula that juts north into the bay for five miles. Petro owns it as far as lighthouse and the fort come mansion he bought is in a spur that runs east from the wolf point uh, peninsula got it no this is interesting his smile was so contagious that i giggled yeah yeah but i liked him better this way so i sighed contentedly yeah, and leaned back enjoying the passing scene as as he concentrated on his driving we uh soared over a rise uh, and he said triumphantly, Stormhaven Village. 
It was a picture book, New England coastal village of uh, white painted clipboard cottages, a small white church with a social center next door, held up a tall steeple and crossed to the windsep sky. Uh, people stared at us as Shane drove through the village, what, in his giant red love limo, what are they calling it? And some waved. Oh, shops lined the small main street. I glimpsed larger buildings on a small cannery near where fishing boats were moored and wharves in calm tidal water at the end of a long, narrow inlet. Oh, we crossed the bridge, turned north, and there was water on both sides of the road, seen distantly now with Stormhaven Inlet on our left and wide waters of the Penescott Bay uh, coming closer on our right. I noticed the huge building on a spur of the peninsula thrusting out into the bay then, thrusting and gasped in disbelief. I don't believe it. <laughs> he chuckled. That's the way it affected me, too. Unreal, isn't it? Oh, it's like a postcard of some German castle built on a high cliff beside the sea. That was really, uh, really descriptive. And that was the way it looked, perched above a cold sea that growled at the feet of a cliff it was built upon. Like a, like a grim uh, medieval castle of stone behind thick stone walls with uh, great square towers protecting the corners and entrance. It's, uh, it's more like the castle in southern Italy. Yeah, Sicily, to be precise, of which it is a carefully planned replica. The Count, uh, Castle Count Pietro uh, Renizzi, was born in, and where his family lived for many generations as absolute masters of their lands and of the people who lived upon them. With full singorial rights, uh, I can't look it up, can't see if I'm pronouncing it right, doesn't matter. I'm using a paper book, so we're back in the Stone Ages. Uh, now I just lost my place. Of course. So I hate this. I hate paper books. Uh, see those square towers? They're typical of the towers that were built to guard the entrance to Sicilian castles in the Middle Ages and earlier. I thought this place was built by the uh, English just before the Revolutionary War, I said, puzzled, as I stared at the anachronism in Maine in the mid-70s. Oh, the base of the main building and the walls were simply built like a stone box behind strong walls. Then in 1848, a wealthy Italian friend of Garibaldi escaped here after the Roman re uh, re Republication Revolt. Republication? All right, revolt failed. Uh, he saw Fort Wolf, as it was called, and realized its possibilities. His situation reminded him of the Renese Castle near where his family lived in Sicily. The ground floor and the surrounding stone walls were the same. He, he added another story uh, to the original flat fort, uh, built the square towers at the corners on either side of the entrance, and had himself a small but perfect replica of Renese Castle. Small, did you say? It's huge, exclamation point. How did Count Renese come upon it? By... Accident. All the owner gathered other expatriates around him and established the village and the fishing industry. Later, his descendants built the cannery. Someone uh, in Italy told Petro about the place, and when he decided to move to America to race horses, uh, he came to look at it. And now owns it, the cannery, and most of the village. I giggled. <laughs> With the right senior organization. Well, paper book. We're never going to find out what that means. I asked straight-faced. 
He laughed. He appears to think so. And the girls in the village seem to agree. <laughs> and if you think this place is huge, ooh, take a look at the description of the original castle. It's described in a family history of the Renizi family in the library. Renizi Castle could shelter a private army of hundreds of men and their families, and did in feudal times. Ahead the road forked, and on the right bore a neat sign. Il Castellio Renizi. The, the, the spur upon which the great house stood was bigger than I expected. A hundred acres at least of flat, open grasslands with scattered trees and newly painted white fences. A track circled with paddocks, burp the finishing straight running parallel with the great stone wall in the ancient fort beyond where the road entered through the gates. The turnoff dropped behind, but the great towers dominated the skyline long after we entered the forest of spruce and pine, uh, and the road climbed uh, toward the lighthouse, which I glimpsed every now and then as the white blotch among the tops of trees. I began to notice a faint gold glow through the treetops on our left. The tips of the dark green spruce and the pine were changing color. Abruptly, uh, the forest ended, uh, though the dark tunnel of the road, which I saw a lighthouse, uh, perched on a grassy knoll uh, behind neat white fences. We shot out of the forest and slowly rolled across the short grass to a white-railed fence where we stopped, poised above eternity. Ah, the waters of Stormhaven were below us now, uh, and uh, beyond the water and the swelling hills. I gasped in delighted surprise, uh, seeing nothing but the glorious sunset. Oh, the sun had dropped completely below the hills, but its rays, its rays were painting the fishbone pattern of clouds in splendid reds and golds and browns all between shades. Oh, oh Shane said nothing, and he was watching me, not the sunset, and I realized, but, uh, but my mind was too thrilled by what I saw to bother about anything else. Uh, the glorious tones changed subtly while I watched enthralled. Almost imperceptibly, they began to fade. Uh, now, uh, now, uh, 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 look behind us, Megan, he suggested quietly when the amazing brilliance had faded. Look at the, uh, look at the eastern sky. Yeah. The eastern sky had become a backdrop of exquisite violet. While I watched the sunset, a more somber way, it was just as beautiful as the blazing pattern of color in the, in, in the west. Oh, we drove back slowly, while beyond the castle, Renizi's stone walls and fence paddocks, we watched the eastern display change to soft purples. Then the smoky blue of evening. Uh, like it? <laughs> Shane asked as we turned the grounds through the great iron gates. I've never seen anything like it in Maryland. Uh, you were right about that. Thank you, Shane. Uh, the square towers came closer, and the red gravel drive crunched beneath our tires. Uh, on either side, uh, great elms were scattered among uh, lawns, browning with frost and the rose beds, the leafless bushes waiting for the winter pruning and the spring rebirth. Somewhere I heard a familiar sound as we parked at wide stone steps leading up to the massive oak doors studded with iron. Somewhere a horse, a horse had whinnied. Four dots. A dark-haired, dark-eyed maid answered the muted bell that sounded somewhere distantly as Shane put down my bags and pressed the button. Studying her as she opened the door, I knew what Shane had meant about, uh, about Stormhaven girls being pretty. Hmm. Yeah. 
Oh, she had the slanting eyes that some uh, uh, Italian girls have, and that the uh, the voluptuous figure of an of, a, of an Italian film star. Now uh, the way she smiled at Shane uh, pricked my jealousy uh, unexpectedly. Shane was saying, "This is Carla, uh, Megan. She'll show you to your room, and uh, someone else will bring up your luggage, and I will uh, see you in the living room when you come down for a drink before dinner." We, uh, we just about have time, but Carla will tell you about that. Is the, the count in the house, Carla? We, uh, he went out to the island in the workboat with Niccolo, Mr. Lester. Uh, he said he'll see you both in the living room, uh, half an hour before dinner. Okay? She smiled at me. This way, Miss Wentworth. Well, I followed her down the wide passage to a stairway and, uh, up to the next door. My room was huge. Face the sea. Between drawn back drapes, I could see the eastern sky fading from smoky blue to black above a sullen sea that rose and fell in slow, dark swirls. I expected cold and wind and tumultuous seas here in Maine, but but this could have been uh, my uh, any winter's day in Maryland. Uh, somewhere in the distance, the the horse neighed again. Uh, and I smiled, uh, still hypnotized by the glorious sunset. I was going to have a wonderful few days vacation. Well, with that, why don't we uh, return down to the uh, smoking room where we can go over what the hell we just read. Well, now that you got all settled here, uh, in our smoking room, we can talk about the first two chapters of this book. Uh, well, what happened? First, uh, a woman... Oh, Christ, I forgot about the birds. Uh, a woman, uh, is on a plane, and her failed modeling career has led her back to, uh, horse mating. Stud farms. It's all, it's all she's good at. So she, uh... So she's on this plane. She's going to go back to that lifestyle. And uh, she's been doing it for a while. Uh, one of her friends, who I guess is a successful model, uh, was sitting next to her for a while. But then Shane. Shane, a man she knew basically at summer camp, the last time she was at the horse camp thing. Uh, boy, he liked her, but she was so naive and young and had big old knobby knees. Uh, but now she's like 20-something. And, uh, and so... So then he, uh, he, his boy is he into her, can't get his eyes off her, and can't stop just being generally a creep. Uh, and that's kind of it. Then he finally talks her into going to hang out with this Italian sexy man uh, and says, uh, why don't you come out to this place that he's staying at? Uh, it's a fun castle. It's based on Ita- Italy because they're Italian in Italy, Italy. And Italian, Italian. And so... Uh, Talks her into going out there. So then the next chapter is just them driving in a car as uh, they're just driving. It's like, oh, you show me the sunset, Shane. You said you'd show me the sunset. So he shows it to her. She's like, oh, it's the most beautiful thing. But uh, in reality, sunsets, yes, they are beautiful. But they last forever. Sunsets go on forever. You can sit and stare at them, but it's kind of like watching a pot boil. You don't really know when it's boiling until you look away for a while. You look back like, oh, now it's boiling. Same thing with, sun- Same thing with sunsets. So, uh... That's pretty much it. Gets her back to the castle. Turns out the maid is hot as hell, because uh, Italian women apparently are hot as hell in this book. So uh, that's uh, so that's uh, that's it. Uh, what's good? Well, nothing. So far, Shane is creepy as hell, and I don't like him. 
the protagonist is just kind of uh, like Luke Skywalker, just an empty vessel that we're supposed to put ourselves in their place. Uh, and nothing's really happening except for sexy, sexy, sexy Italians. Uh, what sucks? Sexy Italians. Sexy Italians with a shitload of money, and all they do is, is all they do is they just uh, just buy homes that look like they're in Italy, and just wherever they go, they try to recreate Italy and uh, screw you to the country you're visiting. Uh, what do we learn? Uh, God, shut up. Uh, that I don't know what we learned. We didn't learn anything. Don't get in a car with Shane, I guess. Uh. Or uh, don't touch Shane's hand and then friend zone him right away when you're in the car. That's a weird thing to do. Uh, there's not really anything to learn from the first two chapters, except that the 1970s sounds like a horrible place uh, where everyone expects to get laid all the time. Uh, and you can't be Italian without uh, having a Ferrari and having it called like some kind of red sex limo. I don't know. There's nothing to learn from this, but uh, thanks for listening. And uh, we will continue with two more chapters uh, next week. Ah, uh, well, it appears you found me in the part of the podcast I hate the most, where I tell you all about the places on the internet where you can find me. Tell I hate this because of the sound effects making it sound like a stormy night uh, in the drawing room of the damned. Now there's there's that. Uh, I I are you cool? I like cool people. It's the reason why I got involved in this business to begin with, just to meet cool people, not losers. So if you're cool, uh, feel free to go over to my website, uh, nuzzlehouse.com. You can see a backlog of everything I've ever read. Uh, along with episodes from the Book Boys and uh, blah, blah, blah. You can also find me on Instagram, uh, which is uh, House Nuzzle. And conveniently enough, uh, Twitter, which is also at House Nuzzle. Annoyingly, YouTube made me pick a name instead of just a House Nuzzle. So you got Glenn Nuzzles. So I guess you search for that if you want to watch a screen that doesn't do anything and just hear my voice. Uh... And since, uh, since I think you might be cool, you can always just email me directly. Glenn.nuzzles at gmail.com But don't, uh, don't email if you're a, a nerdlinger or a dork. Now, back to business. I can't believe I drank all of them already. There's gotta be one left.